Welcome, Bankless Nation, to this edition of Alpha Leak, formerly known as Meet the Nation, but we are now calling it Alpha Leak because it's just a hotter name. Today, we are talking about Shimbuya. Shimbuya is a brand new content platform out of the hands of People Pleaser, the famous NFT artist behind the X times Y equals K NFT from Uniswap V3 and many, many, many more NFTs beyond that. We've also brought along two of our co-founders of Shimbuya, Mache and Jackie. And we tell, and I get them to tell the story of Shimbuya itself. And Shimbuya is a kind of a content production studio, but instead of a director, instead there's a DAO. And that is where this story gets really, really interesting. Uh, Emily and, and her fellow co-founders are, are devs and, and artists, and they have been charged with the creation of the story. But who determines the outcome of the story or where this story goes is up to the discretion of the DAO members, of the token holders who stake and make, uh, make the producers actually have the, uh, express the choices that the uh, community wants. And so this is decentralized storytelling. This is storytelling by the community and then the, uh, the producers actually tell the story. Uh, and so if you want to check this out while we're going through the show, you can go to the website. It's shibuya.xyz. That's S-H-I-B-U-Y-A dot X-Y-Z. You can go watch the first chapter of the story, and then you can stay tuned to watch the remaining chapters of the story after token holders determine what the story actually is. This is like a, a kind of a choose-your-own-adventure type story, but built for the Web3 metaverse world. Uh, and we've talked about this concept before on Bankless, where previously you would have the artists on stage producing creativity, producing music, producing art, and then it being consumed by the community. But with the power of tokens, tokens give gives the community voice and the ability to actually give back, uh, uh, reverberate their interests back to the artists and say, hey, we liked this, but less so of this. So you should go in that direction. And this, uh, this back and forth content creation, this back and forth creativity between artists and community is, I think, going to be a very fundamental part of Web3, a fundamental part of the metaverse. And it's platforms like Shibuya that are enabling this to come into the future. Uh, so we're going to go and talk to People Pleaser and, the t and Mache and Jackie uh, from Shibuya. Uh, but if you are interested, you can definitely go to that website. Again, it's S-H-I-B-U-Y-A dot xyz and then the twitter account is s-h-i-b-u-y-a-x-y-z without the dot on twitter so you can guy you guys can go follow those directly there as well there will be a link in the show notes so you can just go click that if that makes things easier for you so let's go ahead and get right into the conversation but first a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible living a bankless life requires taking control over your own private keys and that's why so many in the bankless nation already have their ledger hardware wallet and brand new to the ledger lineup of hardware wallets is the ledger nano s plus a huge upgrade to the world's most popular hardware wallet with more memory and a larger screen the nano s plus makes it easy to navigate and verify your transactions and the paired ledger live desktop app gives you increased transparency as to what is about to happen with your nft what you see is what you sign the Nano S Plus gives you the smoothest possible user experience while you're doing all of your crypto things. So go to the Ledger website to check out the features of the new Ledger Nano S Plus and join the waitlist to get yours. And don't forget about the Crypto Life card, also powered by Ledger. The CL card is a crypto debit card that hooks right into the Ledger Live app, right next to all the DeFi apps and services that you're already used to doing, like swapping tokens and staking. So if you don't have a Ledger hardware wallet, go to ledger.com, grab a Ledger, and take control over your crypto. 
If you're going bankless, you need MetaMask. This is your tool to unlock the world of DeFi without giving up custody over your private keys. MetaMask is both a secure in-browser wallet and also a secure bridge for your hardware wallet. You can now trade tokens on any DEX or aggregator. MetaMask Swap gathers real-time pricing information across all the DeFi exchanges, allowing you to select your best price while getting all the MetaMask benefits of self-custody, lower gas costs, and increased transaction success rates. MetaMask also has a fantastic mobile wallet that I use when I'm out and about which I use to collect POAPs, NFTs, and do all my DeFi things while I'm away from home. If you haven't downloaded MetaMask, you gotta try it out. Web3 wouldn't be the same without it. Download MetaMask for desktop and mobile at metamask.io and load up your Trezor, Ledger, Lattice, or Keystone hardware wallets so that they too can get into the world of Web3. Polygon is Ethereum's largest and most vibrant scaling solution to date. With millions of monthly users and all of the biggest DeFi apps, the Polygon ecosystem has turned into a blossoming metropolis of DeFi activity. Transactions on Polygon are quick and cheap, allowing users the freedom to achieve their DeFi goals, all while being economically anchored to Ethereum. But Polygon isn't just the proof-of-stake sidechain. The Polygon team is building a suite of scaling solutions, including Polygon Hermes, Maiden, Nightfall, and Zero, all with different design choices in order to be optimized for all possible crypto use cases. If you're a developer who wants to build on the Polygon ecosystem, go to the link in the show notes to check out their fantastic documentation. And if you're a user who just wants to experience fast and cheap DeFi, you can bridge over your ETH or other tokens and start playing around with any of the thousands of applications that are available on Polygon. Welcome, Bankless Nation, to this edition of Alpha Leak, where we are going to explore Shibuya. And so with us on the, today's episode, we have three of the co-founders, three of the five co-founders of Shibuya. You guys probably recognize People Pleaser. She's the person behind the X times Y equals K NFT that rocketed her into fame. And she also has brought along her two other, two other co-founders. We have Mache and Jackie from the Shibuya Project. Guys, welcome to Alpha Leak. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, so, people pleaser, I think people recognize you the most. So I'm going to start with you. Can you just give us the high level pitch of what Shibuya is? What are we going to be talking about today? Sure. And I think for the rest of the podcast, we can just not even acknowledge the existence of our other two guests. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, like, so we're building this new thing that we're calling Shibuya. Um, it's named after Shibuya Crossing. And, you know, what it really is, is sort of like a decentralized video platform. Um, but we hope to also expand to other uh, media forms outside of video. And I think probably the easiest way to explain it is um, it, we have sort of like a first animated web series that we're launching on Shibuya. It's called White Rabbit. And it's kind of just taking the sort of pick your own path, um, like style of storytelling and bringing it to web three. And so for example, our first chapter that we're calling it, uh, you, you see, you watch this little animation and then at the end of the chapter, uh, our main character comes in front of two doors and then behind each door is an alternate ending to the chapter. And to watch each, uh, alternate ending, you have to mint uh, what we're calling uh, these ERC-1155 NFTs that we're calling producer passes. And so when you mint one, you can then use that producer pass to stake it in the, uh, you know, the outcome that you want to see. So, you know, you pick a door and then you can watch the ending. And then, you know, when we give sort of like a grace period for everybody to kind of give everybody a chance to stake their producer passes. And then, you know, when that voting period ends, then whatever is the majority um, vote, which 
uh, already uh, happened for our first chapter um, would be uh, sort of dictate the plot going forward. And so um, in this way, everybody who has a producer pass and has also staked it feels like, you know, they have a part in sort of the development and the storytelling of this uh, web series that is currently being built. And um, at the same time, they, they will also, you know, get to keep that NFT as like a paper trail of their like participation in the project. And also in uh, return are <laughs> rewarded um, the valueless governance tokens that we're calling white rabbit tokens. And currently, you know, they can be using these tokens to do things like uh, vote on, you know, the main character's name in the show, or also like um, we right, right now we have a leaderboard as well and um, sort of what we're calling dynamic credits at the end. So, um, you know, when like the credits roll and it's like uh, artists, executive producers, producers, and it's all based on um, people's uh token holdings basically and there's also a leaderboard on our site so you can see who kind of like are our top producers and so forth and um so that's kind of like a very high level explanation uh we're really what we're trying to do here is just to sort of change the way that the stagnant um state of the nft market is like sort of like stuck at these pfp projects and we're just kind of coming in and already building something and we already have content to show and be like this is what you're getting into and this is what you're supporting instead of like doing a drop a drop first and then promising some kind of like roadmaps later you know and also just to kind of change the way that people are thinking about how utility is actually used in nfts um beyond it just being a jpeg or some kind of membership or you know and also trying to decentralize and democratize the way that um, independent film projects could be funded. So I'm reminded of these uh, choose your own adventure books back when I was a child where you, know, you would come to the end of a chapter and there were some choices and you could pick which page you would flip to based off what choices you wanted, wanted to go. And then the other thing that this reminded me of is uh, Twitch plays Pokemon where you have like so many people having inputs into the choices that the main character makes. Uh, and so um, uh, I think I'll, I'll throw it to Mache. Uh, wh why do you think that this is going to be uh, exciting? Like, why do you think this is a product market fit? What do you think is really going to get the uh, creative juices going on this project? It's well, first of all, in terms of like a long form filmmaking, this is something that rarely ever happens. Like usually, uh, when it comes to long-form filmmaking, there's a, there's a production that's set up. It takes quite a bit of time to find a team, to get, get things built. Uh, you have ob obviously passionate artists and directors who do short films all the time, but that's like very rare and just takes out your soul, basically. <laughs> I, I can tell that from experience working on a couple of like my own short films where it's, it's, it's really difficult to make them and combine that with your like, life choices in general um also a lot of us are video game enthusiasts as well like you know there's the gaming industry is, is huge it's actually bigger than the film industry that tells you that people like to play the characters or or have their own choices and see where the stories or the gameplay will develop so i think it was no, no brainer like as you mentioned um those old books where you choose your own path and you, you choose your own way of how you want to develop the story. That's been always exciting. And uh, there maybe have been only a handful examples where, where that kind of type of content has been used in, in animation or film. 
So we, we felt like, you know, it would be very interesting to try this, but also just because the way Web3 works in general and the technology itself allows you to do so many different things on so many different levels, um, it almost became for us like a, like a playground where it's like, how can we make uh, an interesting storytelling, an interesting story overall, but get the community involved in how the story develops or, and where it goes. And from that point, you know, we kind of started with uh, choose your own path. Like you have two different doors. Each of them lead to a completely different storyline. Obviously, the one that people choose is going to be the one that that's going to develop. So that gets community involved. But from there, it was just like, we, we sat down and started thinking like, what else can be done? Okay, you can vote for the character name and then just opens up, okay, when we have that utility, there is so much more that can be done that never has never been done before. And that's I think that's the exciting part uh, in this project specifically in White Rabbit, where it's like, yeah, we can we can kind of like do whatever we want and get the whole community engaged without asking for some producers, studios, and, you know, high-level executives that are basically funding the project to see if our idea jives with where the studio wants to go. Instead, it's just like, it becomes like a grassroots film project where it's just creatives in the community, and we kind of decide what it's going to be. Um, and I don't think that has ever been tried before, I might be mistaken. Obviously, there are so many projects out there. It's very difficult to track the whole internet, <laughs> obviously. Um, but I haven't seen anything on like a really high creative level with high-end animation where that kind of plays out. And that's probably the most exciting part about this project specifically. But but just also like the utility of it of itself. Um, the leaderboard credits. You know, credits is something that. It's very easy to com to compile um, if you get people involved in the project, but this is like a dynamic credit too, which is which is also exciting because now that also gives us an ability to play with different things, play with like different ideas. Okay, depending on the level you are, whether you're like executive producer or a producer or associate producer. A fun fact: actually, last place is a production assistant. <laughs> um, just as a, as a funny thing we found, um, it, it can give you like a different um, experiences throughout as well. So there's just a lot of, a lot of creative things, not only just, just level of tech, but just level of uh, animation where we, we can kind of get to decide, okay, we can add like the extra interactive layer to, to a medium that normally isn't really interactive at all. So that's definitely like the, the biggest part of it. So with all things, this sounds like the, the gist of this is like decentralized storytelling. You're allowing storytelling to kind of be pushed to the margins, allowing the users to have say in the outcomes. But also at the same time, uh, sometimes uh, decentralization can be bad. There are a lot of DAOs out there that are just like chickens running around with their heads cut off. And so they actually do <laughs> kind of need that like centralized leadership. And even with like the choose your own adventure books, like you couldn't make the characters do anything. There were only certain predetermined outcomes on this. And so I'm wondering, like, 
what on the spectrum of just like complete community control versus some guided outcomes, how much is like, what does the infrastructure actually look like? Like when, what, when you guys like start the story, did you guys start like the gist of the story and then you want the community to finish it? Or like, how are you guys giving power to the community, but not too much power? How are you like navigating that balance? So I think the best way to kind of think about this is um, referencing if anybody has seen that one Black Mirror episode on Netflix, um, it's a one-off called Bandersnatch. And they uh, adopted this sort of choose-your-own-path kind of storytelling model where they pre-shot a bunch of different sequences um, and then split it up. So, you know, your character could be like having cereal and then between choosing the two different types of cereal, which they're allowing the audience to do, um, it leads down to a completely different storyline. And then down the path that could, you know, sort of like loop back into the same storyline again, or it could just go down, you know, um, there's people who have like mapped out the entire thing. And so we've done something similar where, you know, obviously we have complete sort of like artistic um, direction that's already been, you know, dictated already. So uh, we show it to the people and then, you know, it's kind of like based on their engagement and their interest levels. And, you know, obviously um, if anybody has seen Mache's artwork, it's incredibly, um, he's incredibly talented. And so, you know, most people respond extremely well to this kind of art style, right? And so, um, and you know, the community doesn't want to actually do the, the artistic work. You know, they're, they're not they're not like sitting there like, oh, I want to animate either. Like they want to be fed content and entertainment. But um, so, you know, we have like sat down and kind of written out, you know, and we start are still doing this every day, actually, you know, writing out sort of like the general um, different possible plot lines, like you can think of it as a node graph and all the different paths that it can take. And just so that we sort of like take the front seat in kind of direct um, driving the community down this, what we think would be, you know, good storytelling and things like that, but having the community, you know, be a part of, you know, sort of less um, detrimental decisions. Like, um, so kind of like giving them an option or like a palate tasting, right? And not having them create the meal from scratch is how you can think about it. I love that, I love that uh, metaphor. It's like a, it's like a tasting menu. Uh, <laughs> and th that also, it, it makes it so that you guys don't have to go do like five storylines of work just for the community to pick one of them. And then you just wasted four storylines of, of you know, production value that you are not ever going to use. But is that the final form of what this kind of vision looks like? Like, uh, in uh, how, in what ways are you interested in like kind of opening it up even more? So it's not always a, a binary choice, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Future chapters, mm -hmm. there's going to be um, ones where it's not just uh, binary choices. But on top of that, you know, because it is a native Web three um, media that we're you know broadcasting this on, it's a web series, right? Like, and so um, we are really trying to take advantage of the fact that um, it's web free native. And so, you know, an example of this is we're like partnering with DGenscore and, the, you know, they're the guys who are building um, technology related to scanning, you know, on-chain identity and wallet history. And so you can imagine like one of the chapters where, you know, somebody like David, who's interacted, let's say with Uniswap a bunch of times, you know, based on your wallet history, you're seeing a different uh, version of the episode than what I'm seeing. Um, and so that's kind of like, you know, things that we're experimenting with and adding, you know, depth to how this kind of storytelling is possible and making it even more interactive beyond just it being sort of like a binary option and choice. Yeah, I could add maybe 
what you touched upon in terms of like how scalable that would be in terms of like the the, the taste palette and like prescripted decision making. One of the one of the interesting things we already found out uh, working on chapter two and chapter one is that we ask we actually talk with community and ask like what what they feel the story is going to be like where where they think the direction is going and why they made one decision over other and that kind of like informs us to look at the plot line we have and sort of like the story structure and 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 be experimental in terms of okay maybe there's a specific visual cue that we're going to add that is a reaction to what community's expression to what they saw already was so in terms, yes, it's it's sort of like a curated experience because obviously when you're filmmaking, you kind of have to uh, do that to make a cohesive story that that holds together, glues together. The characters make sense. They they talk and that makes sense, obviously. And the story concludes one way or another. But there's always like side elements or even just main plot elements that could be changed whether it's visually or through the audio or through the music or even through the dialogue where the story still holds holds together but it's a it's a pure reaction to how people who engaged the content and wanted to participate on the level of voting and and uh, and and voting in, with tokens and whatnot to a point where those decisions can have like a like a dom- domino effect on what's going to happen later so as Emily mentioned, we pretty much every day we are kind of sitting and writing. It's because like we do have the story, we do have a structure of what the scene is going to play out. But there's also like, okay, how can we kind of spice it up based on what's happening? And that's that's the interesting part too, because it's very challenging in the pers- in from a perspective of directing and, and editing, but it's also like super exciting because you get to like almost crowdsource the outcome with the community, which is which is great. I feel like projects, artistic projects that that combine community input and really like cater to the community itself as almost like a love letter of like, hey, here's a piece of entertainment, but you're also part of it, are probably the most interesting projects in my opinion, rather than just like, hey, here's here's the content, watch it, like it, like it or leave it. That works too, but it's very rare you find find real gems uh, when that happens. So, yeah, I feel like you know, sort of, so many like Hollywood productions or things like that are in such like closed doors. Like you know, they're always like boxed into some studio, and people like don't see what's going on. But everybody is curious, right? And so this is sort of like a more transparent way for us to be like, this is how we're making it, and you know, everybody who's in on this early like clearly because it's just started production right you guys are all part of like the storytelling aspect of it yeah i just want to add that our discord community uh has been pretty amazing uh like people are crazy about potential plots uh different scenarios have all these different theories of what the story actually means uh to to see that organically uh grow and people participating and be really really invested into the show it's pretty amazing so you've got some money but how are you going to use it you want to spend you, me shopping now bro when you know you should be saving you'll never buy a house at this rate but what if you could spend and save at the same time for the enlightened kind with inquiring minds a new world awaits 
Set yourself free with completely flexible self-repaying loan technology. Supported on desktop and mobile, seize the power of Alchemix, allowing you to spend and save at the same time. Leverage your wealth without risk of liquidation. Take out a loan that repays itself. By using yield from your deposit to pay off your balance, your only debt is time. What was once inconceivable is now within your grasp. You winning some? Bankless is proud to be sponsored by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum that lets you trade any token at the current market price. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. The Uniswap Grants Program is accepting applications for grants. Do you have something of value that you think you want to contribute to the Uniswap ecosystem? No matter how big or small your idea is, you can apply for a uni grant at uniswapgrants.org and help steer Uniswap in the direction that you think it should go. Thank you, Uniswap, for sponsoring Bankless. The Layer 2 era is upon us. Ethereum's Layer 2 ecosystem is growing every day, and we need L2 bridges to be fast and efficient in order to live a Layer 2 life. Across is the fastest and cheapest and most secure cross-chain bridge. With Across, you don't have to worry about the long wait times or high fees to get your assets back to the Layer 1. Assets are bridged and available for use almost instantaneously. Across's bridges are powered by UMA's optimistic Oracle to securely transfer tokens from Layer 2 back to Ethereum. Across is critical ecosystem infrastructure and ownership is being handed over to the community. You can be a part of this story of Across by joining the Discord and becoming a co-founder and helping to design the Fair Fair launch of Across. If you want to bridge your assets quickly and securely, go to across.to to bridge your assets between ETH, Optimism, Arbitrum, or Boba Networks. Yeah, I remember during the, uh, when um, Game of Thrones was in its, in its peak, the Game of Thrones subreddit was like one of the most lively spots on the internet. And there was just so much ideating on theory and, and you know, conspiracy theories and like, you know, what's going to happen to the future. Uh, and, just, and then also just kind of its own culture and its own vibes as well. And what I'm getting out of this is very much uh, aligned with the whole Web3 narrative where, you know, previously in the trad Web2 world, you have exactly what People Pleaser was just saying. You're kind of just like spoon-fed content. Like, here's the story. Like, I hope you like it. Uh, and you either like it or you don't. But in the Web3 world, the, the possibility that tokens have to return voice, to echo back towards the leadership saying, oh, hey, we like that versus, oh, hey, we don't like that. Or actually just giving them you know, user autonomy to actually be a part of the creative process. I think it's actually a really big challenge because in the Web2 TradFi world, you had the benefits of just like centralized talent just producing it and it just worked. And in the Web3 world, we see this potential where we have, you know, the talent, which is you guys, the co-founders, uh, but also trying to figure out how to also empower the community, which might be people that, uh, you know, are explicitly not talented people. And so I think the challenge that you guys have is, well, how do you uh, guys as artists, how do you uh, enable the ex good expression to come out of your community? Have you guys thought about this angle and how you guys plan on doing that? I think we're pretty pleasantly surprised, actually. You know, I, I think I sort of started in, well, first we have these like token gated Discord channels um, where you know, we think of it like more of like a writer's room or producer's room, right? And I sort of um, really encourage people in there to start 
you know, talking about their theories and, you know, their analyzations of um, the plot and things going forward and Easter eggs and such. And yeah, um, it was honestly a pleasant surprise of how sort of um, much attention to detail that people actually are. And they're surprisingly really good writers too. So maybe we've been really lucky in that regard that we haven't received sort of any super terrible ideas. Um, on top of that, there's always sort of like a comedic element to it. So anything that's like really terrible has, has always been sarcastic and intended to be a joke. Like, oh, we should name the main character Kevin, you know, like things like that. But nobody's actually, you know, giving out really, really bad ideas. Um, and in fact, we really encourage that too. And obviously we have some kind of like filtration system too, where if somebody's like, we want to, you know, make a, you know, not PG-13 film or something, then obviously we can, you know, sort of uh, veto that, of course. I think the, the other dynamic here is where a, a lot of like DeFi Web3 protocols they need governance for a means to an end, as in they need governance to pr like produce the outcome. But I think with this, like the product itself is the governance, as in like this is a governance platform. What are we governing over the story? But it's about the governance. The governance is the product, and the value of the governance is a function of like how interesting and valuable the story is. Um, I, I want to put listeners into the shoes of what they would actually expect if they were participating here. What what is it actually like if they want to go and consume this story? Well, what's the form? What's the format? We're talking about like you know five-minute short-form videos. Like what 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 should uh, listeners expect if they wanted to actually go watch the story? And and then maybe we can actually start talking about the website. So um, our, our users would go on shibuya.xyz. The first chapter that we made, uh, I would say, is you know probably around like just a little over a minute long, um, and it's um, probably a little bit shorter because it's sort of the initial proof of concept that. Uh, we um, are releasing to the world, right? And also keep in mind, we did this with zero funding, like it was completely grassrooted. Like um, our first round of sort of, um, you know, any kind of support that came in, came in from uh, us, um, you know, selling producer passes. But before that, everything, um, we just sat here and, you know, sort of like built it and made the animation without, it was literally just uh, Mache and I. Um, and so, what you can expect is you go on the website and you see this um, super beautiful animation um, in the style of Mache's artwork. And then, um, yeah, and then I would say each sort of like alternate ending has, they're like, are a little bit different in length too, but yeah, roughly just a little over one minute. Um, and we're obviously already working on the second chapter um, that is expected to be around uh, just over two minutes long. And um, maybe more. <laughs> yeah, maybe more because, you know, it's constantly evolving and changing. And, you know, basically, you know, literally every day we're like um, adding or subtracting things into the plot and things like that. Uh, but um, yeah, we're, we're hoping, uh, you know, if anybody has seen Love, Death and Robots, those are really, really high quality um, animated shorts. And each of them are between, let's say, like six to 15 minutes long. And we are hoping for uh, White Rabbit at the end of every chapter stitched together to be probably an over 15 minute um, high quality short film animation. So with, with that first episode, that was just you guys uh, setting the scene, setting the stage, not too much governance in that first episode, more, more governance into the second episode. And then how many, like, how many governance decisions do you think is going to be happening per episode? Like, uh, how, how, like how many decisions does the community need to make? Or is it just, it just, is it just the ending? Well, for starting from chapter two already, we have the voting of the 
name of the main character. And um, I, yeah, I, I would expect that we have a lot more um, coming in, you know, some of them that we're uh, sort of still working on right now and you know, maybe sometimes like meant to be a surprise as well. And, um, you know, there's sort of other things like in the first chapter already, and we're probably going to do this for many, many chapters is we have this, these what we're calling Japanese good luck bags, um, which was actually a, a wallet that we seeded with some NFTs. So in that, in the first one, there was an, a one-on-one people pleaser, a one-on-one mache NFT, a cryptode and a crypto dick butt. Um, and we, so after seeding that wallet, actually, you know, so this was all already very early on, you know, we've planned this from the beginning. Um, and then, so we generated the seed phrase for that wallet and they're actually, the, um, each word in the seed phrase was hidden in a very specific in various different parts across chapter one. And then we actually, you know, upon release, we just tweeted, we didn't even say that there was a seed phrase. We just tweeted um, the NFTs that are in the goodie bag. And then we said uh, somewhere in this episode, <laughs> you know, uh, lies some goodies to be found, finders keepers. And then to our surprise, actually within two hours, um, somebody had figured it out and transferred out the NFTs, which is really crazy. And so we are also thinking that in the future, maybe the governance will also include people voting on what goes in the goodie bags um, for future chapters, for example. How do you make sure, I, I know we I mentioned how like governance is the product, so people should be expecting to go in and make a lot of decisions, but also how do you, are you guys thought about like th- things like voter fatigue or just like, oh, I only really care about these things. I don't really care about the other things. How are you guys managing that? I think voter fatigue will always um, exist. And maybe for sort of like DeFi protocols, they're um, a little bit more sort of, um, how do you say this, like uh, hindering <laughs> towards um, furthering governance. But actually, I feel like for what we're doing on you know White Rabbit or just in, uh, Shibuya in general, it might not be a bad thing because then it will really show you kind of who is truly engaged in the content that's being made, right? We don't want people who don't care. And so the people who really care and are really sort of like devoted, you can think of them as super fans of, just like you said, you know, not everybody's gonna go on those Game of Thrones subreddits and go comment, you know, their thoughts about everything, but the people that are doing that are people who care a lot. And this is obviously the kind of community that we are trying to um, give our uh, content towards. You know, the content is actually, essentially going to be free for anybody to watch, even if you don't have, you know, a MetaMask wallet and stuff, it will always be free to watch up until the point where there's a vote happening. But the kind of people that we want to be, you know, minting the producer passes, staking it and getting the governance tokens are the kind of super fans who really like it because they, you know, really love the content and not just because they're a passive viewer. So one of my um, favorite stories from the internet is this story of when, I can't remember who did it, but they let the internet decide who was going to name this one boat. I can't remember, I can't remember where this was, but the the internet decided that the name of the boat was going to be Bodie McBoatface. Just because, like, that's what happens when you let some, you know, internet degens, internet trolls, like, name your stuff. Are, are you guys worried that, like, somebody, like, the people are just going to come in and start naming things or just bre- just ba- basically breaking things with governance? Or is that actually a feature? Because, you, you know, they're enabled to do that. I think we're, we're almost a, it's part of the charm of White Rabbit and this whole project is that we're not taking ourselves too seriously. You know, we have some silly Easter eggs in there, like, it starts with in the year 2069, 
Um, and, you know, kind of the gist of it or, you know, sort of playing on this whole culture of Web3 in general is just, you know, this kind of mindset of it looks good or it's super high quality, but at the same time, we're not taking ourselves so seriously, like everything in Hollywood, actually. And um, so I think we're just going to have fun with it. Obviously, we're not going to, you know, we're going to prevent things like naming our character Hitler or something like that. But otherwise, I, I, I don't see it as you know, much of a minus, but rather like an interesting experiment that we're conducting right now. Jackie, I want to get into some of the, the dev technical questions of this, um, which is hard for me because I'm not a developer. So sometimes I don't know what questions I've, I want, I need to ask. But I think the first question is like, uh, in your experience as a dev, how has this particular project been like unique or challenging to you? Like what, what are the unique aspects about this project that really stand out? from a developer's perspective. Yeah, so this is my actually my first um, Web3 project. Um, so it was really fun to kind of learn, you know, smart contracts and all these different things. And I think the part that actually stood out the most was the tokenomics. So like, you know, you can easily write a smart contract, you know, to generate PFPs and a lot of these things that people have done already. But to design a system with tokenomics to kind of dictate the behavior of your users uh, was very interesting. So like, for example, uh, when people vote, we have a mechanism where um, if you vote on the winning side, you actually get a 10% bonus of tokens. Um, so these different designs where we can kind of leverage to incentivize different behavior is very fun. And, and we thought, like, what if people just wait till the end and not vote and then see you know, which side is the winning vote and then just all vote on that side? So then we also implemented like an early staking bonus where the earlier you vote, um, you know, the more tokens you get. So in a way where voting early and getting it wrong is actually more profitable than voting uh, late and getting it right. So, so I think other than the technical smart contracts, the website, the tokenomics part really stood out to me as very fun and interesting to design. So there's two tokens in this ecosystem, I believe. There's the producer passes, which is uh, the NFT 1155, I think is the right EIP. And then there's also yeah. the, the white rabbit token, the ERC20 token. Uh, how many producer passes are there uh, and uh, is that and, and that's that that producer pass is basically like the funding for the project, right? That's like how you guys are yeah. are paying for development. Is that right? Yeah. So there's five thousand producer passes for the first chapter. Okay. Um, and we actually have a bonding curve implemented for the entire show. So like the next chapter, we might have more producer passes uh, for people to mint. So in a way, uh, the ERC twenty, the white rabbit token, is a fixed supply. Mm -hmm. uh, Sixty nine million, four hundred twenty, four hundred twenty. Nice. Um, but for every chapter, people get the same amount of tokens. So when there's more producer passes, actually, you can um, you get the most tokens from minting early. So we also want to reward people who support the show from the beginning. And then the white rabbit tokens. Talk about the the value of the white rabbit and rabbit tokens. Why would people want those? So they're basically valueless. They're governance tokens. Right? So having those tokens allow you to um, you know participate in the voting, uh, all the stuff we talked about, be on the leaderboard and you know, be in the gated Discord, the gated Telegram and talk to us, give us your input, your theories about the show. Um, yeah, so basically a valueless governance token. I, I see on the website that uh, once the film is completed, it will be turned into a fractionalized NFT. Maybe you guys are using fractional mm -hmm. for that or something, maybe not. Um, yeah, but then we're using fractional.art uh, for this. Yeah. So actually in the beginning, we create this vault that minted this fixed amount supply of tokens. Mm -hmm. And we seeded it with two NFTs to create this basket that can hold multiple NFTs. 
Um, so what we will do is, in the end of the show, when you know all the chapters are completed and connected together, we will then transfer the entity into that fractional vault. Um, so essentially, the ERC twenty is a fractional ownership of the NFT. The NFT of the of the full length movie of the full length show. Would the, do they yeah. the token owners also own the IP to that show, or where does the IP is the IP a relevant um, a variable here? It's a good it's a good question. Um, right now, we're we're basically looking at all the possibilities, really. Uh, there's also like just uh, general implications in terms of like what decisions you make in terms of IP rights. As anyone who lives in the US, uh, you probably understand how complex IP rights, copyrights, and trademark trademarks are. And uh, so, so we're very closely looking at what that is and if that's gonna be part of the, of the project or not. Uh, we, Usually the, the way we look at the project in general, just Shibuya in general and White Rabbit specifically as well, is uh, we like to not promise things that we're not sure we can deliver and instead focus on the things that we know we can deliver and promise those instead. And then everything that comes after would be an extra bonus, uh, literally, literally kind of like that uh, uh, kind of approach. And that stems from... The fact that if you follow any of the Web2 projects, uh, like specifically Kickstarters, there's just so many stories of Kickstarters promising amazing ideas and never delivering. And there's obviously examples where uh, they deliver and it's an amazing product. But there, for every example of something that worked out and is amazing, there's a hundred examples of something that didn't work out and turn into a, you know... A shit show, let's say, <laughs> um, and we we by by virtue of creating this thing, uh, we completely want to avoid that. We don't want to promise uh, things that we we don't believe in. Uh, we don't want to build stuff we don't believe in. We don't want to be on the hook of like, hey, give us A, and we'll potentially maybe sometime in the future give you a B. Um, it's it's just not the way we we like to operate. Uh, we just want to build. We just want to build this platform and the film to be an interactive experience, something new that that is just not uh, haven't haven't existed before, and take everyone on the ride, everyone who's interested and wants to participate and wants to become part of not only just community, but like as you said, the governance of it all, uh, where it's like you're not just participating and consuming content, you're actually actively uh, you know, participating in making the content better than it would, would have been if it was like spoon-fed to you, so. I, I would just say, um, instead of looking at the tokens as you know, IP, I would more look at it as like a DAO. So like every potential future shows we have on, on the platform could be its own DAO where the community can make decisions together, push the film forward, and all have skin in the game. And I think, you know, obviously this is an original IP by, um, you know, myself and Shay in terms of like fully creatively, you know, we've created this from scratch, right? And so, uh, but, you know, we're thinking of this differently from, let's say, a PFP project where people might be thinking, oh, if I buy this PFP, can I, you know, put it on a tote bag and start like selling those tote bags? And this is kind of the usual discussions around IP and things like that. Um, but our native media is just different, right? It's a film and it's meant to be consumed. And the main purpose of it is entertainment. And so we're kind of trying to bring it back to the whole concept of 
people going to a movie, movie theater and they're not thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to profit off this movie? Like they're buying a movie <laughs> ticket because I want to exchange my time and, you know, however much this ticket costs for some um, two hours of entertainment, um, things like that. And so this is really what we're trying to bring it back to. So let's take the perspective of uh, a wide variety of potential users slash consumers of, of Shibuya. There's there's the you know the nine to five worker who wants to just come back and relax and see what Shibuya is up to. Or there's the internet NFT degen who's in their basement playing with NFTs all the time and they want actually to have deep involvement. Just what are all the ways that people can enjoy this platform, either with just consuming it or, or actually participating? Let's go through the, just the full spectrum of how one would engage with Shibuya. Yes, so if you're, you know, TradFi Bob and nothing wrong with that, but you just like work a nine to five and you're super tired, right? You don't have time to be on the internet all day and you come home and want to just consume content. Uh, I do this too. Then you would just go on to um, Shibuya right now, which only has White Rabbit um, as the main IP, but we are onboarding more um, very quickly actually. And so uh, you would just log on to it. Um, you don't even need to connect your wallet or anything. Uh, you can just hit the play button. And it will just play up until the point where um, there is governance uh, happening. So, for example, if we're on chapter five already, you can watch the first five chapters uh, and be entertained that way. If you are, you know, internet uh, Chad and you want to be super duper duper involved since the very beginning, um, then you would obviously, you know, hopefully be already have you know, found out about this super early and then participated since chapter one, but, you know, even on chapter two, then you would go on. Um, and whenever there's a governance, you know, in the plot happening, uh, the website will actually just tell you, you know, whether you're connected to MetaMask or not, if you click on something um, where there's, you know, sort of a plot or a governance vote happening, then uh, there will be a dialog box that will pop up and be like, connect your wallet. And then say, do you want to mint a producer pass if you don't have any? And if you already have producer passes, then be like, do you want to stake it in you know, whichever option that you decide? And then after you stake it, there will be some confetti that's thrown in the air. And they'll be like, here, you just earned you know, X amount of uh, White Rabbit token. And yeah, and then you know, after that, their involvement will look something like you know, going to the discords to participate in token-gated channels or just, yeah, it's kind of like a DAO where people are just um, really passionate about discussing the plot of this going forward and, you know, what their theories are and what things that they want to see being voted on and, you know, what they want the governance tokens to be used for. And um, so I would say, you know, those are sort of like the two extreme levels of involvement. There's also the people who are just minting producer passes and who don't stake it. Um, I don't know why you would do that <laughs> because you should just get some governance tokens anyway. Um, but that's totally fine too. Some people are just like, Oh, I think these producer passes look cool, and it's kind of like collecting, you know, because because we we are we will have a new one for each chapter. So you know, and we do actually have something very special planned for people who collect all the producer passes from each chapter. So it's just kind of like a stamp book, right? You're like, oh, I've collected them all, and so those are the sort of different levels of engagement and involvement that we uh, are seeing. Are there any like really grandiose ideas that you guys have when you like daydream about the future of this model, as in like? I don't know, maybe some some short story, short form movie, maybe not so short, uh, is become so popular that it starts to air in movie theaters. And the, the token holders have some sort of like participation in the creation of that value that is now eking out of the Web3 world and back into 
the traditional world. I don't know. That's just an idea that I had. Uh, like, what, what, what's some grandiose ideas if this if this platform is like maximally successful in like three, five, ten years? Have you guys thought like ideated around this? I think actually maybe one of the really big dreams for us, and it, it seems like you know it is quite possible. Is for example, when the whole thing is finished, um, we can have like a premiere um, event or maybe multiple in different cities. And um, so it's like kind of like premiere screenings. Um, and also uh, we're thinking, you know, sort of like different ways um, to do this, but either people who have collectible set or certain amount of uh, RAB token can exchange a premiere ticket um, that you can attend and things like this. And so, um, you know, basically just thinking of anything in the traditional sense that what are sort of like the highlights of you know, the, the evolution of making a film, right? Usually it's like the premiere and, you know, just like the a premiere is essentially the, a celebration of um, the completion of a film. I always like to think of movies as like, they're essentially pop-up companies, if you think about it. It's it's incredible that, you know, when movies get made, all these people assemble to sort of like work through towards the same goal, you know, and then at the end of it, it gets disassembled. But before that, they all have sort of a really happy premiere event. Um, and it is a very grandiose celebration. And so I think that's one of the things that we're really excited about. And, you know, people who are producers or anything are obviously all welcome to attend. I would just add on the level of, of credits, you know, I mean, me, like both myself and Emily, we work in, in, in Hollywood and on films and, and video games. And usually what happens when you watch credits, like at first, like the director, producers, writers, actors, that's kind of given. And then whoever drove them to the set and then whoever catered the food, whoever like delivered the mail and, and the list goes on and on and on. And that at the very end is like actually people who made it like artists and designers and animators and, all those other like workers and there's hundreds of them usually. And it's just like, you watch that and it's like, it's obviously an amazing experience, especially if you worked on the movie to sit in the theater and like actually experience it and see yourself in the credits. So like what, that's what we're kind of expecting to have the community. Like if we, if in our dreams, let's say we have a premiere of, of white rabbit uh, in Chinese theater, for instance, in LA or, or in some like really nice place where people can go and participate. Like imagine being a person who voted for the name of the character and made multiple votes that actually shaped the story and you watch it with friends until like, yeah, I voted for that. That's, that's, that's why and this, this, this went that direction. And at the end it's like, look, that's my name in the credits. I'm the executive producer. And it's just like, it creates a, it's create, creates a memory that just sticks around forever. It's like, you're a part of some, of, of a project that, that is just fun. And, you know, obviously we cannot uh, uh, predict the outcome of where the right, right rabbit's going to go, how successful it's going to be, but that's not, not the point for making it. And for someone who worked in the movies for past 10 years, you usually learn that you work on the project and you don't really know if it's, if the movie is going to be really successful or not. I'll tell you that from my personal experience, the film that I was expecting, oh my God, this is going to be a hit flopped. And then the films that I was working on, I was like, ah, it's just another film just blew up to a point. I was like, I, I don't even want to post work because I'm getting mobbed <laughs> for doing like mobbed in the positive way for, for doing that. Right. Um, so it's definitely like experience building and, 
we have like really grand ideas and daydreaming obviously it's just it's just very difficult to conceive uh like how to get there so we're kind of taking it step by step we kind of have like the starting point uh we're, we know what we're building right now and what are the immediate steps uh to to continue number one priority right now is continuing the story obviously of the white rabbit and we want to make this as the most excellent experience uh, and then just experiment with it. And I think those experimentations will also uh, carve different ways in terms of where Shibuya itself could go. So I think for me, like a big idea is I love seeing um, platforms giving creators um, more options and make it easier for creators to actually put their content out there and get, get seen. I think for now, it's like really hard for independent filmmakers to actually get funding, go through the whole process in Hollywood and get their film made and then premiered. Uh, so I hope like if Shibuya does grow further and further into a you know, bigger platform, then it'll make it a lot easier um, for creators, filmmakers to actually produce their, their shows. Yeah, like almost like we, we kind of also, I think we talked about it, like becoming almost on ramp for really talented artists that maybe don't have funding to actually start developing anything. And we can help them with that. So that's that's like the the dream. Um, it's like it's like what what artists who learned craft without going to art schools, a lot of them teach after they achieve a certain level as a as a like giveaway to community that helped them to become what they become. Sort of we're thinking this, the similar way, but again, it's it's so far from the. The, the peripheral view that it's very difficult to conceive how to get there, but there's always a path, so. I think moving into the uh, the metaverse sci-fi Web3 future, using this as like a model, you, we kind of see in the current way that Hollywood is structured is you just have these like very superstar director names, like you know M. Night Sh Shyamalan, or you know, insert, insert your favorite director here, Quentin Tarantino. And I think maybe in the metaverse, uh, the new version of this, the Web3 version of this, is instead guilds, like the Shimbuya Guild, like the Shimbuya director, except instead of one person, it's just this nebulous set of people that are contributors, and maybe they have such a strong track record of building really cool stories that they're, they are renowned as a guild, as a, as a DAO, as an org, for producing and directing really, really good shows. And I think that would make you guys something like the production company or, um, uh, I, I don't know, like uh, Warner Brothers, I think maybe is the right branding, I don't know. But basically <laughs> you have like, you're decentralizing the director, but keeping a relatively centralized production company. I think this is the right model. But uh, the, the final question I think that I think is really important is, what are the key things that you guys need to do as sort of like a, a leadership team of sorts to really make sure that this project is successful? Like how do you maximally enable your guys's community to make sure that the outcome of this is, is, you know, some, the, something that is actually the right time for this very uh, ambitious project and not something that's like five or 10 years too soon. What, what are the key things that you guys understand that the key obstacles that you guys over uh, need to overcome in order to make this a success? I think, uh, the first one is probably distribution, uh, but we are having sort of very interesting conversations with, uh, potential, um, people um, that can collaborate with us on that field. Um, and the second one, I think, and always the last um, line of it is the content needs to be really good. 
And so, uh, you know, with White Rabbit, you know, we're hoping obviously to make an anime that's very interesting, but also right now we are working, you know, to onboard other sort of content that we find. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, when you think of all the really, really good, uh, you know, TV shows out there and stuff, I think really what stands the test of time is good content, right? Like Breaking Bad has like a cult following, Game of Thrones has a cult following. These shows didn't develop a cult following just for no reason. It's because the content is good. Same with Squid Game, you know, who knew? Like they were not, you know, they didn't have any sort of Hollywood connections or anything. Um, they're, you know, a Korean drama that probably most Westerners, maybe before Squid Game had never even watched a Korean drama before. And then it became a worldwide sensation. Uh, why? Because the content is good. And so, you know, that's something that we really truly firmly believe in as one of our core values and is what we're, um, laying the foundation for right now. And that is our, our main priority is just to make the content really good. And hopefully, you know, when people see that, they will uh, naturally be <laughs> sort of more interested in, to get engaged. And, you know, and then on top of that, we're making it, you know, a different type of uh, model where it is free for people to watch. Um, but, you know, if you want to decide what goes on the screens, you have to pay. Same concept in Times Square, Shibuya Crossing, <laughs> um, and so that's kind of, yeah, what we're gearing ourselves towards. So guys, I think people by now are definitely ready to finally go and experience this for themselves. So if they want to go watch the first episode, where should they go? Uh, they should head over to Shibuya.xyz. It's a pretty straightforward website. There's a play button. It's <laughs> just hit play. And, um, you know, obviously we'll be rolling out chapter two uh, fairly soon or fairly soon. I mean, you know, within um, the next month or two, for sure. And um, yeah, so stay tuned. And we also have a Twitter that people can follow. Uh, and then you're, there you'll find, you know, where you can find our Discord and also just uh, things that we're posting, like behind the scenes and, you know, just updates about the show in general. And for the uh, podcast listeners out there, that's S-H-I-B-U-Y-A dot X-Y-Z. And then the Twitter account is S-H-I-B-U-Y-A XYZ without the dot on Twitter. Guys, thank you so much for coming and demoing uh, Shibuya. I think this is uh, going to be a really interesting project and I wish you guys the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, for, having thanks us. for having us. Cheers.